Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 3. Here we are on Episode 3 of Tron Uprising, and do you have a, a recap handy for what happens? Yes, so this is the Renegade Part 2. While Mara works with Zed to get the Chief's rare bike back, Beck must figure out a way to release his friend from a death sentence and allow the Resistance to begin again with recruiting. That's right. So we pick up where we left off last time at the end of the cliffhanger, where uh, Beck and his good friend, newfound good friend Cutler, are have been sentenced to fight each other to the death. Mm. And uh, Tesla enacts some classic bad guy moves and enacts some uh, closing red walls that are closing in on them. And uh, if they don't fight each other to the death, then the walls will kill them both. This is after they... They they just they say we're not fighting, and uh, Tesla's like, oh oh, you're fighting, and uh, gets them in a trap. Yeah, this reminds me of something, but I don't remember what. I've seen this kind of thing in something else before. I mean, there is a similar thing in the first Tron where the rings get narrower and narrower on on the platform. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's not the most original idea, I suppose. But it's bugging me that I don't know exactly where I've seen this before. <laughs> well, it's just it's the red walls closing in. I think that's very much like a 1930s serial kind of a trap, you know? So it's mm. like, a, it's, it's kind of bad guy 101. Like, put the clock on it and say you'll both die if you don't fight. Which they And then Beck starts the fight trying to goad the... Uh, iso their cutler into killing him and we get this the cool armor again and the cool action sequence uh cool action sequences and but they uh they keep not killing each other they they each take turns getting the upper hand and then they're like no i can't no join me no i can't and then the iso forfeits which is uh pretty cool and then tesla's gonna kill both of them he's like that's it yeah. and then uh but then yeah page is like Okay, if you kill both of them, the crowd's going to lose their gosh darn minds and there's going to be a riot. So be the benevolent dictator in this instance. And so uh, so he does. He spares them. Um, one thought I had, I never commented on the intro that we get for uh, Tron Uprising. And it's very short. It's like a couple of seconds. Yeah. And that seems to have been the trend. I mean, it's... I think we're going the other way again now, where it was probably yeah around 2010, where we didn't have intros anymore. It was just title, bit of sound, maybe three or four notes, and then get into the episode. Yeah. But uh, probably starting around, God, like Daredevil, Hannibal, they had proper yeah. opening sequences. Yeah. So, it's like they went away for a while and came back. I'm glad. I mean, I know I, I can, like, especially on Netflix, you can just skip it if you don't want to watch it, but yeah. I want it to be there. I, it just, it feels like it has to be there. Well, sometimes it gives you that moment to just kind of like, all right, okay, settle in here. Here we go. Mm. I got my popcorn. I got my drink. We're ready to watch the show. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's go here. You know, like you can skip it. Like you said, you can skip it if you want, but. 
Yeah, especially with Star Trek, I feel, uh, not that I'm a big fan of Discovery, but I'm glad there is an opening sequence for that, because how Star Trek is structured, you always have that cold open, and then there's the cut to Chris, you go, oh, what? What's going to happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. I need the credits there. There's uh, outtakes, I think, of uh, William Frakes there, Riker, where he gets to say a lot of those lines, where he's mm. like, but that can't be right. That would be a black hole. And then it's like, duh, there he goes. Then, but in the outtakes, he'll pause and then he'll say, and sometimes the uh, the crew will join in and stuff. There's like all these outtakes of him doing that. It's pretty funny. It's pretty great. Those outtakes are overall quite wonderful. Yes, they are. They seem like a cast that really gelled. But yeah, with this uh, with this show here, yeah, you get Tron, Uprising, and we're off. You know that's uh, yep. that's all. That's into the pretty much all you get. Which I think there was a there's definitely a phase of that where they just kind of were like okay because I think I think for a while there it was like every show was trying to be the next WKRP in Cincinnati or Cheers or or what have you. Or it's like what do, what do we have that's what can people hum? What's catchy? What's the hook? And the hook was quite mm. often the theme song I think in a lot of people's minds. But then uh, I think a lot of people got past that and were like, nobody cares. It's a time waster. Just cut to the chase. The whole universe was in a hot dance state nearly 14 billion years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Still gets go. stuck in my head. There you go. It's a classic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so we do have some modern ones. We get uh, So Beck gets his freedom. But the ISO Cutler is scheduled to be... Ex- I'm sure Sobek is an Egyptian god. How do you, how do you mean... He said so Beck and does whatever. Yeah, Sobek is also an Egyptian. Oh, Sobek. Oh, Sobek. Yeah, yeah. Sobek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he gets his freedom, but then the ISO Cutler is scheduled to be executed in the main square with uh, the main square. I think the square where they previously blew up the the statue. So yeah. And as they're as they're saying goodbye, though, this is interesting. I didn't know this could happen. As they're saying goodbye, Cutler gets uh, zapped by a by a cattle prod or whatever, and his green arm ring falls off. His little yeah, his little ISO identifier just like, plink, just like falls off, and then Beck picks it up and uh, sneakily leaves with it. And I was like, but that can is I thought it was like a tattoo. Like it doesn't just yeah slide so off. I guess it's like Sonic and his rings. If you hit him, the rings <laughs> come flying off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. And then um and then so Beck is driving around on the tundra on a bridge. He sees drives over this bridge that like is forming for him. Like yeah, which is a, pretty cool. A bridge is building underneath him, which I think is really cool. But I guess that's uh I guess that's because he's he's I guess he's he's gonna go visit Tron, so I guess maybe he's that's a bridge that will only work for Beck or something. It's kind of unexplained. It's so cool. Mm. Like it's so cool, but it's like, wow. And that's, that's part of what I love about this, this world. I mean, you've got like, you know, Oh, that baton. Oh, that's actually a a truck. You know, if you're, Mm. if you're qualified to go there, a whole highway will appear just for you. Like if you're getting in a fight, Oh, armor will just appear on you. Like this whole stuff, all the, all these things that just appear and disappears is so cool like anything yeah. you know like this little this little tiny ring or stick or something can actually be a, a plane if it's in the right hands and you give it a twist you know i love that yeah because in futuristic or just 
science fiction movies in general, you seem to have all these things that, from a design perspective, aren't particularly practical. You know, your minority report screens that are up out in yeah, front of you yeah. or... Uh, yeah, doors that slide up into the ceiling. Like, where is the room for that? You know, the logistics of these things don't make sense. Yeah. But in a digital world like the grid, suddenly all those things make sense. Yeah. And the uniformity of it, that's another thing where a lot of science fiction movies or genre movies in general, it looks like the cities were built in one day by one person. And it's because, technically speaking, they were. Yeah. Yeah. But... In this instance, the grid literally was created by one man, and it was all at one time. So yeah, that, it, it, the legacy universe, particularly the design aesthetics, work really well. Yeah. Yeah, it was not like New York or London or something where you've got wave after wave of architecture and designer and municipal, you know, uh, facilitators, you know, and then parts of it get bombed and get built in a different style 50 years later. It doesn't. It's not that mm. kind of that mixing and matching of different ideas and styles. It was all like, well, this is the, this is Argonne city. It's all hmm. one aesthetic because that's uh, that's what it is. Yeah. The only movie I can think of that's done a really good job of that sort of mishmash is black Panther because it's all these different African yeah. architectural styles in one place. And it's so cool. That's right. Yeah, and they really took the effort to research it and and go you know go whole hog into getting each, I guess, uh, faction or tribe, you know, reminiscent of a different, you know, actual faction or tribe in Africa with different design senses and stuff. So, it it really mm. came across as vibrant and alive and varied, you know, not just uh, yeah, just not just one thing covering the whole world. That's true. That's a good example. That's a really good example. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the difference between modernist architecture and postmodernist architecture, but that is neither the time nor place for that. It's so complicated. <laughs> oh my god! So Beck finds Tron, and he's talking to Tron about uh, feeling bad, and this is where we see Tron walk out of his healing chamber, and his scars are getting the better of him. You can see he's not he's he's not doing too well, and uh, so they it looks hella cool though. It looks so good. It looks so cool, and it gives him you know a reason why he's hanging back and this is why beck has to be sort of the champion that does stuff because he's this ailing mentor you know trail tron is this ailing mentor so i wish uh i wish there was a bit more one thing i really wanted in legacy was i wanted tron's helmet to get knocked off and him to have like a big digital scar on his face or something that helps yeah. helps explain sort of his mindless state and why he's just like a lapdog to clue like it's he obviously doesn't he hasn't gone over to clue's side he's just kind of like a puppet now and i i wanted a reason why i wanted to see a physical reason why you know yeah the rinsler twist or secret i guess is uh something i've heard very mixed responses to yeah and i never really thought about it I, i'm i'm quite happy with it because i knew going in what it was about i'm going well that's clearly tron he's got the the t yeah right there you know well that's yeah that's kind of not problem one, but it's one of the things where it's like, uh, that's not Rinsler. He has a T on his chest. That's Tron. You know, like, so who in the crowd is like, yay, Rinsler? Like, aren't aren't they all yeah. going, uh, that's plainly Tron. And I I just... I <laughs> Maybe they know. And then the second, I guess... One Maybe of, it's like uh, Reek in Game of Thrones. Yeah, sure. I think so. I think that's, that's the inference is that 
I mean, everyone knows it's Theon, but we're going to call him Reek, because that's what we have to do. And that's what he answers to now, right? Yes. Excuse me, Tron. I am not Tron. I am Rensler. Okay. Okay, sure. Okay, Rensler. You got it. You got <laughs> okay, it, calm buddy. Down, buddy. Sounds, sounds good, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, they decide that breaking Cutler out before he gets executed is uh, is the plan to go to go forward with. Go forward with. And then Beck, uh, in the next scene, Beck gets his special Tron disc from a hiding place. Uh, while uh, while Zed confesses his idiocy from last night about, I'm sorry, I I, I, I turned my back and that that lady friend, um, you know, she stole the bike. But Beck Beck can't help. Beck's got to go and and do what he's got to do. But then Beck puts on his Tron clothes in an alley by adding the Tron half to his disc, and it's like Spider Man, you know, putting on his Very suit so. by a garbage can or something like that. It's just like I gotta go. It's a total superhero quick change into his uh, into his into his superhero outfit, which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, I'm um, going back to the uh, armband thing that the ISOs have. Yeah, I mean, first of all, armband that's uh, very <laughs> uh, Nazi Germany for you. Yes, but. Um, I'm wondering if it has information in it the same way an identity disc does, even though they've also got those as well. Is mm. it just a band of light, or is there more to it than that? Yeah, it, the fact that it can be removed, because I really thought it was like, uh, now I'm wondering, is it a branding? Mm. Yeah, like, is it an ID? Because Cora has that tattoo on her arm. Yeah. I don't know if she was just born that way, or did clues yeah people do that i had assumed they were all born that way but now i'm thinking maybe they were branded by clues people and that that this is maybe a prototype of that like at first they had a bracelet and then later on they get literal digital tattoos or something yeah, like that. yeah it's that, very uh that won't just slip off if you get poked in a in a battle arena right yeah man they really did go in for the whole jewish holocaust kind of <laughs> symbolism there well quite a bit an id yeah id bracelets you know uh what do you call it like unavoidable like when you're for you're forced to wear an id bracelet of some kind i think that's uh yeah that does have echoes of that of the that that regime and then uh but one thing i noticed here is that when he's he's driving his cycle uh he's driving his cycle past an alley and one of the one of the buildings says easy mart yeah. I'm like, so there's there's stores? You know, like I'm yeah. kinda like, wait, so, but what do you is there currency here? I mean, what how does this work now? Yeah, because they, they all have jobs, but Right. And people are bringing their bikes to get repaired at his mechanic shop, so I'm kinda like, what's Because I... it could work like Star Trek where everyone has a job if they want to. You don't necessarily have to and that sort of gives you extra privileges, but for the most part, it's like this universal basic income kind of situation. They never really go into specifics. So. No, it's something that they, I remember in 1982's Tron, they talk a little bit about how the currency is power and that mm. uh, the reason that like the, the, the MCP is sucking away everybody's power, so entire sections and entire cities are just like browning out until people can't really think anymore you know but they've all wait they've all... again 
Transformers has the same freaking plot because well, the whole sure. war for Cybertron is lim- they don't. Ha- I mean, everyone's assigned to a job. You don't get to choose. And then they start limiting the Energon. Then they start a war. So there's really a limit on Energon, and then the whole planet's destroyed. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, very similar. But that, that's my Transformers reference. For <laughs> Check. Yep. Uh, and then did I do Star Trek? I've done Star Trek. Okay, done Star so Trek. We've done the two. Yeah. Yep. Done the two. <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll maybe we'll find out. Maybe there'll be a, a, an episode later where somebody's like trying to rob a bank, or I don't know something. We'll find out some. Is this a sign that we're old, that we're watching cartoons and we're like, but how does the economy work? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that re- <laughs> that reminds me of a friend of mine who like was disappointed by the Avengers movie. And he was like, well, what about the government organizations that control them? Like what what branch of the of the federal government do they belong to? Are they military? And also, like, what what secrets do they know now? What what you know classified files are they privy to? Are they just autonomous puppets, or or, or how does this how does this work? And I'm like, what movie did you think you were seeing? Like, I, <laughs> I, I the Civil War kind of walks up to that line of yeah, yeah well, this is going to be like a political thriller. Now we're not gonna. No, no, no. Yeah, not have some punching. Yeah, not actually, but we're gonna hint at it. <laughs> but yeah, in later in later installments, they sort of go there with the with the, you know, the, the shield infiltrations and stuff. But yeah, I was just really uh, oh, I was what's oh sorry, go ahead. I just noticed there's a sign under the Easy Mart. Well, there's one with numbers, but under that it, or further back than that is another one, and I don't know what that says. T E M R R. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. It might just be gibberish. I'm not sure. Could be. There's an on that says hot pot. I think it says hot pot. What is that? He Restaurant. Don't know. Not sure. They do eat food, so maybe. Yeah, that's right. So then we get another scene of Zed. Zed's whining. Again, it's a bit of a whiner, Zed. And then uh, I swear he does get better towards the end of the season. I know. I know. He he comes out of his shell and starts to come correct but he's really not winning me over in these first few episodes <laughs> he's just like nope can't get a date oh no and and and, and then in the next episode yeah oof man he really drives the plot in the next episode we can say <laughs> but uh mara asks what's wrong and and uh and Ab- and abel is asking hey where's my uh bike where's the missing ncom 786 and that's when Mara reveals that she can track the bike. So they're going to go track down the bike and uh, and see where it went. See where. The... I'm not sure how she does that. I don't know. It's like find my iPhone. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. Maybe she installed something in it, or I don't know. It's pretty pretty awesome that she can. But I'd uh, very I'd, handy. <laughs> I'd like to know more. And then we cut to Tron on top of a roof, and he pulls out a pair of binoculars to look at distant recognizers, but he uh, he pulls them from behind his back like Bugs Bunny, just uh, pulling stuff out. He's just like, let me reach behind my back here and pull out a pair of huge binoculars. I'm like, what? Hammer space. Yes. Yes. What's a hammer space, did you say? Hammer space, yeah. Apparently that's the name of that trope where you just retrieve oh, th- things that are way too big out of a space way too small makes sense like hammer they had a i remember they did that in the um that movie ultraviolet oh yes they wow had... what a trip that movie was yeah bonkers movie it's some fantastic concepts executed horribly <laughs> like some great movie yeah. that movie oh definitely 
they had like 2d space and that's where they would store all their weapons so they could sort of reach into 2d space and then pull it into 3d space so they could that was like a a, a scientific explanation for hammer space basically hmm. uh oh, i realized the uh, uh recognizer smashes into a screen that d- that shows clue i think but he's got his helmet on which is a bit weird mm-hmm. that's right like, we know who you are there's a big old statue well there was a big old statue with your face on it <laughs> yeah he jumps down on top of one of the uh one of the recognizers and he breaks into it and then they and then the two of them cutler and uh beck steal the recognizer only to have attack copters target it and then it gets wounded destroying billboards and buildings and uh i guess chunks of it aren't just gonna fall off like in the first tron movie it's actually like <laughs> smoking and and injured but it does lose a leg and uh, both of its legs and then just the bridge slides forward not unlike Trump. i love the way the recognizer just slips off the building i don't know what it is about that shot yeah but it's, it's beautiful t- you feel the weight of it there's like a vertigo sense yeah and i don't know like, how is it falling on the how? crowded sidewalk below like they're just like oh oh well good and i'm like no where'd it go i mean it just fell off it just fell off the edge of a building that's not he just committed mass manslaughter guys (laughs) oh we better get out of here you know and then uh so tesla's angry at pavel about this happening so the other lieutenant goes after tron uh, finding him and fighting him and then recognizing him as the program from before by the by the t dots but now in a white costume she's like hey you had the t dots before but now <laughs> you've got t dots on a white costume you're that guy i fought before which is pretty uh pretty cool but then cutler turns on a giant random fan <laughs> next to her sending her flying into the wilderness when she activates her uh backpack flyer pouch which i thought was like I love those wings they're oh, so cool they're so cool but I think one of the cool things about this world is you can just have random stuff lying around like giant fans that, oh no, we're fighting next to the giant fan and somebody turned it on. Oh no. I need to make a Tron costume one day, but I can't decide on one. I'm always changing my mind. Of, oh, that would be good. Oh no, but that would also be good. And yeah, Paige's wings. I know no one else wears them, but hmm, <laughs> I kind of want them anyway. Yeah, it'd be, pretty, it'd be really cool if you could just hit a button and have them flick open in it's the same and then, honestly the beck's costume is really great it's, it's really cool it's really cool i think you need to have a certain shall we say low percentage of body fat to pull it off <laughs> yes <laughs> going by the cartoon structure here i don't think i'm tall enough frankly to pull it off ah but are you but are you 90 percent leg right because that's mm-hmm. that's really that's all you need yeah so we join uh, yeah. Pearl the car thief from like the last episode there, and we see her and her pals are having a bonfire at the docks, and she's trying to sell the bike, and her buyer jumps into it and starts abusing the heck out of it, much to the chagrin of Mara and Zed, who are spying from afar, and they get caught. So now they're getting taken before the the, the bunch of the bike thieves. So that's they're kind of hapless. But then, okay, so then we cut back, and now there's a traffic jam caused by the city lockdown, and Cutler and Tron are caught in the traffic jam. And this is something that's cool. The voice of the grid, there's like a big, the voice of the grid is like, traffic jam in sector 18. Hmm. The uh, the voice of the grid is Trisha Helfer. From, I have not uh, mentioned that yet. Yeah from Cylon. She's a number number 6, I believe from uh, Battlestar Galactica, another great series. Good times. 
Man, that was... It's one of those shows where if someone mentions, like, wow, that was, like, a whole journey. That was an ordeal yeah. I went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, great Same stuff. with Breaking Bad. It's like, oh, yeah, I definitely did that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, you start just just shuffles through your mind all over again. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, they both more... Well, I know BS Battlestar Galactica has its detractors about its ending, but... I thought they did an okay job of bringing it home. I like it. It's weird. Uh, and so, so many other shows actually kind of draw from that. So yeah. it's obviously done something, right? Yeah, for sure, right? What they got right, they got right. They nailed it. We get a glimpse at the tank Yeah, to get over the bridge. And the tank is so cool. We don't see a lot of those. in. Well, in the first Tron, we've got a fair amount of them, but yeah. not in Legacy or this. No, it's it's like it's good that we get to see one here, and it's firing at them, but it's not firing uh, chevron shapes like in the first Tron. But at least it's rectangles, <laughs> so <laughs> like so they're they're trying to leap across the raising bridge like a nineteen seventies, uh, like a raising drawbridge, like a nineteen seventies detective uh, t- television show, and. Cutler barely makes the leap across the drawbridge chasm, and then the tank falls back and explodes, presumably killing the driver and the gunner and maybe some of the backed-up traffic on the bridge they just left. So, it's fine. They just derez. That's right. No one really dies. Hopefully they just wake up back in their apartment and they're safe and they're like uh, they're the last save point or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why, if you were the god of this universe, would you not make it that way? I mean, I would. Yeah, I would. That would be kind of a cool thing to do for your, if you wanted to send your min, your minion on like a, you know, a suicide trip. Is like you're gonna go on this mission, and I'm taking away all your safe points. <gasps> no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I wish they had more of that sort of stuff. I know. I, more, I wish more old school Tron. I wish so too. I wish they had more more of that in the in the movies and the games and sorry and the and the series. But mm. then we've got uh, we cut back to Mara and Zed getting beat up by the bike thieves, and I, I like all the thieves because they've got like different helmets. There's like sp- yeah, kind of Daft Punk looking helmets. There's a, there's and, a uh, very uh, Dead Space. Yeah. Oh yeah, Dead Space with the stripes, and then there's a yeah a very very obviously daft punk inspired one and then there's one with like an exposed mouth and some of them have a bit of a sam flynn yeah some of them have uh, scratches one of them's kind of i guess almost judge dready in a way i noticed that because the color palette is so limited in well all the trons really that when there is a color you don't normally see it really stands out sure. so on pearl especially you got magenta and then yeah. the hair is purple so it, it doesn't look like it doesn't belong but it's just your eyes are immediately drawn to it yeah it really pops and i wonder how much of it is like decided like how much of that is personal flair and how much of that is just well you're a purple program yeah you know? that's something that because i know that like sometimes they think they, they'll go into disguises and there's that there's there are bits where Tron will steal a blue bike, steal a green bike or something, and then once he's driving it, it'll turn white. You know, just because he's. That's the thing that I would love to see explored is the relationship that programs have to their own appearance. Can they customize their appearance? Do they even think about it? What role does that play culturally? Yeah, because they definitely can in. Uh, the first Tron in 1982, and that's something that they do. There's a there's a deleted scene. There's a deleted love scene 
Oh yes. <laughs> right. Where she, uh, she's like, Oh, check this out. And she turns into like one of the, one of the angels from the abyss movie. She's got these like flowing, this flowing long dress with like, you know, light strings in it and her helmet disappears. And she's got like a feathered hair and it's a whole, it's a whole cool, beautiful sequence. But see, I call that her Xanadu look, but oh, yeah. yeah, that also works. <laughs> it's <abyss. laughs> very Xanadu, very Xanadu, <laughs> but it's something that she does on purpose, right? She's like, hmm. look what I've designed and look like, you know, look, I'm changing into something more comfortable here. So it's something that is insinuated that's possible. So I, I too would like to see that explored. Because you think it would be, if it's that easy to change your appearance, you could disguise yourself as somebody else super easy too, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, there was, oh, well, much later there's a guy who's got like a scar on his face and that gets fixed, but I can't remember how that was done yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm also reminded of um, Total Recall where there's this woman and she's pressing some kind of stylus thing to her nails yeah. and immediately changes the color. That's, yeah, she's just yeah, that's awesome. dotting them and she's <laughs> touching the base of them and they're changing through different palettes. That's a really cool one. But then uh, Pearl starts calling Zed names and Mara punches Pearl out and then they both escape in the damaged 786, which is pretty mm -hmm. cool. She's protecting her friend. And then Tron and Cutler go for some... At least there's one of them who's competent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then Tron and Cutler go for some boats, only to be stopped by Paige, and they have a great fight in the docks amid the shipping containers. And I just... I... Uh, is that just inherently cool? Like, how many movies are set in this sort of area? You know, uh, oh, yeah. Hannah, I don't know how many people saw that, but uh, Detroit Become Human, that's a game. But yeah, there's, there's yep. a lot. And it's a really cool uh, environment. Yeah. Project Power, I think, had a big a big fight scene there. I think like season two of The Wire, like, and I think it's a great way to create a maze and to create yeah. a dead end and to create a, a chase, you know? Because if it's just a, if they're just chasing each other on a prairie or a parking lot, then it's there's nowhere to hide really. There's no suspense, you know. You, but you can generate a lot of suspense by having you've got a couple levels. People can be running around the tops of the shipping containers or down amongst them, mm. or hiding inside them. There's all kinds of like. Uh, what's the one in Dexter? Surprise! <laughs> you know, like oh, you, yeah. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah. You got all these things you can do. So they end up fighting. <laughs> Forgot a, about that. Yeah, it was so good. Dokes. I love Dokes. He was the best. They end up fighting on a lifted container, and Paige cuts the cables, hur hurling all three of them down, and now they're all super, uh, super hurt. Just pretty cool. What's surprising is that, especially with these shipping containers, they're all identical. They're not different colors or anything. And yet they create so much movement and variety with basically the same assets over and over again. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool thing. Like when, uh, you know, Zed is doubling Mara in the old bike and they're being pursued by all the thieves. All the bikes are all different colors. Like there's a lot to be said for these uh you can just change a few things and now it's a different vehicle. Now it's a different, mm. you know, person. Now it's a different, which is comes in really handily when you're, when you're trying to animate something like a crowd scene or something, you can just like ah, switch this hairstyle, switch this color. Hey, now it's a different person. You know, like we can, can just, uh, this know. show is definitely satisfying to my minimalist tendencies. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very efficient, but bold at the same time. Like, uh, they really this this show really walks the line design wise with that, and mm. then uh, but then Zed Zed ambushes them with a with a dropped container, 
And then the thieves, a lot of stuff happens. I'll give him some points on that. He, that was clever. It was a very clever thing he did. And then we get a, a very quickly, we get the thieves circle around and then they almost run over Paige, Tron, and Cutler having their fight. Right? So then Tron and Cutler get away. Paige is angry at Pearl. Tron and Cutler steal a boat, which I guess I guess the keys were in the ignition or something. And is that a is that a trimaran or a catamaran? I guess I guess that's I a trimaran. I don't know the difference. I've never actually thought of that. I think a catamaran is uh you've got the sort of canoe section, the body, and then you've got the two sticks off the side with some ballast. Oh on it. yeah. But it's just like on one side. And I think a trimaran has it on both sides. Hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about that, but it kind of looks like an, something to Google later. <laughs> it looks like an X wing from the top basically. So it's, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, as I thought I had before. Oh yeah. I won a, uh, when the A and the B plot actually literally come colliding together, right? I do love that. Yeah. They like they actually bump into each other like, Whoa. Oh, hi. Hey, hi. You know, I'm like, wow. They really just, they really just smushed them, uh, smushed them together into the same fight. That's kind of cool. And Tesla's ship is in the water and that is really awesome. And yeah. just seeing a fight in the water and it's, it's kicking up all when they, shoot the 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 laser beams uh yeah, yeah it, it kicks up all the water and stuff and yeah i love it it's really cool i'm glad that they had some water sequences here and you know some i really like the flying sequences i like the bike sequences i like the water sequences i like that they explore at least all the different sort of landscapes there are to offer in the grid i think that's mm. uh that's really really cool because that's one thing they didn't do in the first movie is they didn't really have the bandwidth to do much water stuff, right? They fly over the sea, they fly over the game sea, and then to get to the to the to the MCP at the end, and they fly like through some valleys, but you never see anybody splashing around in literal boats, you know. So it's it's really cool. Yeah, we're finally properly utilizing this environment. It's very nice to see. Yeah, but then. Uh, they evade the six Gatlin guns of Tesla's ship, <laughs> which I'm like, mm, no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> okay, sure. There's a little uh, a little bullet, little plot armor going on for those two in this in this one shot. I have a hard time believing they survived that, but but now Pavel is after them in his own boat, which is uh, and there's... Uh, yeah. So the the boats actually lock together. I yeah. think that's really cool. Yeah, he rams them, and then where they've intersected now they're stuck together like they've uh, like they've fused right not like it's a fiberglass hull sticking through another fiberglass hull it's like they've actually they've actually married somehow they they they've, they've like kind of locked in like their their code has become intertwined it's it's really neat it's really cool yeah how do they do that i don't know like if you can you just do that with vehicles in this world just just smack them together and they'll stick like i think i guess so seems to be the uh, implication there aren't you of uh oh god back in the day what was that toy was it the digimon like you you could connect them together and you could see each other's digimon on the other screen yeah that's what's reminding me i don't know why that's where my memory went okay <laughs> yeah by the way i think those are trimorans i just did some googling ah, and good. the catamaran it's more like a h shape yeah that's right yeah 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 learning things today yeah yeah that's cool they, they, they're really neat they're neat they're neat boats they got a really cool i think design. this is the first time we've seen 
Pavel's helmet. And not, I mean, you don't get to see it very close, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. He's usually talking or he's just hanging back. Yeah, because we've seen Paige's helmet a few times because she's been she's in the thick of it. She's got she does not shy away from a fight, but I think Pavel hasn't really been involved in a fight yet. So this is pretty cool. And the helmets for Tron Legacy were supposed to resemble the wearer to a degree, and I do feel like this one kind of does it works for Pavel. It's yeah, very much his look. Yeah, I think so. And then we get a shot of underwater, and we see a white submarine closing in on them. I wonder who this is. Probably Tron, I imagine. But uh, Beck kicks Pavel off the boat. Our friend. <laughs> Our friend. And then uh, Beck kicks Pavel off the boat. And uh, as they're turning back towards, as they're turning, well, yeah, this is another thing I don't understand. So he kicks Pavel off the boat. And then they're, the ship that they're on seems to have its throttle locked. And they're turning around back towards Tesla's barge. And I, I, mm. I'm wondering if that is that just because the boats are welded together now they're kind of stuck, turning left. Like, because I don't understand why they would they would actually head back towards Tesla's murder barge, but uh, they do. Mm. Uh, question about the Sea of Simulation: Do you think there's some spooky monsters in there, like in most video games, when you swim out too far mm. and then you just get suddenly eaten by? Lord, demon shark. I hope so. Like with all my heart, I really want to see because they they mention that in in uh, in the novelization of the 1982 movie, she talks about pirates and she talks about grid eaters, like giant beasts that just eat chunks of the grid. And she talks about you know uh, monsters in the ocean that like a lot of people that go out there just don't come back. And I'm like, ah, oh, I hope we get to see that one day. I want to. That's so cool. I really want to see giant, uh, giant digital sea monsters or, you know, just whatever concept. Like you'd think that's just like catnip to a concept artist, like <gasps> digital sea monsters. Oh my gosh. We could have, yeah. And we could do sure. Like somebody would have a, yeah, cause it's only human looking characters. We don't have any other. Why, why is the, the grid? Why doesn't it look like mass effects? That's what I would do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to see some digital deer prancing around or like, I don't know, giant octopuses or wildlife. Oh man, I want to draw that. Uh, right? Yes. Tron octopus. I'm drawing that. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Uh, and then so there, Beck leaps over and he's trying to cut the boats apart, trying to saw them apart with his, uh, with his disc. And Tesla opens fire with all his weapons again. And then the submarine leaps out of the water over the boats while deploying its light trail and then it lands and its mm. light trail cuts the boats apart and it's so cool <laughs> it's such a cool maneuver and i love the applications of these light trails like it makes me wonder like are knives in this world just like little mini light trails with a handle like i don't yes right and and I, I, the thing I love about this show, what's occurring to me now, is just it is 90% action, but they're really creative with it. Yeah. It's telling a story. Yeah. It's not just, and then they fight. Yeah. It seems like every fight has kind of a cool new thing in it. If it doesn't have a cool new thing in it, it's at least very, very well storyboarded and choreographed. 
Like there's, I, I, I've never been, like I know with the fights in the Matrix 2 and 3, I was kind of looking at my watch like, okay, when's this, when's this going to, this, sh- the, this sure is yeah. a lot of special effects, you know, like, but yeah. the, in the fights, and even though I know the good guys are going to win in these fights, I'm still like, ooh, look out. Oh, wow. Oh, he did what? Mm. You know, like it's just... It's just really well put together. They're not just punching each other in the face while quipping or whatever. Yeah, there's got to be a sense of stakes. And I think they do that quite well, even though this is a digital world where things shouldn't feel real or yeah. like there is risk. But yeah, they do. Yeah, I think that's why they don't have save points. Otherwise, it would just be like there'd be no there'd be like no stakes right it'd be like altered carbon where people just get themselves into risky situations because well i mean if i die i can just get another one i guess yeah right new body or like uh like the immortals in the old guard right (laughs) it's like who cares oh they got filled full of bullets again do to do do so what yeah well just uh give them some time for the rightest rain might need some new t-shirts but yeah yeah but uh, here we have one of those examples because Tron and Cutler uh, get into the red boat. Or sorry, wait, is it Beck and Cutler that get in there? But well, the two of them, they hop into... Uh, oh, yeah, right. So yeah, Beck and Cutler hop into the, the red boat, I guess Pavel's boat, and it mm. turns white. They get into the boat oh, yeah. and the boat turns white. So And then the white boat rams the barge. Which was a little, which was a little confusing. Yeah, that did confuse me because I was, I thought they were still on the, because they were trying to cut the two apart. But I was trying to figure yeah, out oh, okay. what happened because the editing is super quick. Uh, but then, um, yeah, it turns it turns white when they hop into it. But then uh, Beck tells Cutler is like, "Who the heck was that? You know, did you see the giant submarine that leapt out of the water like Moby Dick to like <laughs> rescue our souls?" And, Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I do remember seeing that. And then he says, oh, that was a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess he didn't want to say that it was that it was Tron because then he's sort of admitting that he's not Tron, even though everybody calls him the renegade and it's only like a rumor that he's Tron. I, I don't know. He's kind of lying to Cutler here, which I, I wasn't too too cool about, but he's what, what's he going to say, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But then Pavel gets rescued by his minions and Beck and Cutler get back to port. And then Tron tells Cutler that, uh, sorry, Beck tells Cutler, am I, oh, my notes here are confusing. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, Beck as Tron. Right. So he still disguises Tron and he says, Oh, Hey Cutler. Yeah. I, uh, I know Beck. And, uh, he, I don't know why he needs to lie to Cutler. Like they've been through some, it's they not... have, right? <laughs> they've they've faced some pretty death-defying odds and close calls here, so I don't know why there needs to be, you know, fibs going on. But then he's like... Because I get it with, uh, you know, Mara and Zed and the people in his life before he, he got into this world, but yeah. what Beck's been doing with Cutler is basically what he does as Tron, or the Renegade. Just, yeah. It's, <laughs> okay. It's also like, like if he tells... Uh, you know, Zed or Mara, he's putting them in danger, mm. right? But Cutler's on the run already. Yeah. Like Cutler's, so what's he got to lose? Right? He's like, hey, by the way, 
you know but yeah as it is he pulls like the the clark kent of like oh yeah superman gave me this to give to you and uh gives uh passes on the... i think call is like oh really you think i'm an idiot <laughs> oh I don't, i'm not gonna think yeah because <laughs> i get the feeling that cutler has quite a few uh years or cycles on Beck, like Beck is strikes me as pretty young, so I, I like the idea. Yeah, that, it seems that way. I like the idea that Cutler's like wink, sure, sure, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he did, did he? What else? What else did uh, he say? You know, <laughs> that's a that's a point though about age is just so if you are created and you're basically you're in your adult form, you you have the all this knowledge, but you don't have experience or maturity. And I wonder how programs relate to each other in that sense. You know, can they just tell, oh, this program's probably quite young and naive and this one's probably older than me. Yeah. I wonder if there's like markers, you know, like dates since, mm. like inception markers, like dates since inception. Like if you really squint at somebody, you might be able to, oh, this this program's not that old. Or yeah, it might just be, you got to talk to them for a couple seconds and you're like, Oh, you're new. Aren't you? Like you just, <laughs> you just get that right. Like you can't tell at a glance, but after a small amount of interaction, you can probably be like, Oh, I get it. You're okay. You know, well, that's kind of like talking to people online, you know, just even reading comment sections on YouTube where it might be just a sentence or two and go, yep, this person is about 15. They have to be. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, like very, very similar, I imagine. I think that online interactions could easily be overlaid on the grid interactions very much. So I think there's a lot lot of similarities there. Uh, One of my last thoughts on this episode was, so if there are thieves in this world, that means that they don't just get everything they need or want. So there is, there must be some kind of economy. There's some sort of scarcity and there's also like in legacy there's like homeless programs yeah right so so there there is something happening where there's haves and have nots right so it's not like everybody is uh being given everything for free although it's entirely possible that they're just they're just stealing for kicks but she True. she was trying to sell the bikes i think or at least she was trying to like hey who wants these bikes so I don't know what it was like in Tron. I, I think you sort of get a sense of different classes. You definitely there's a cup. There's it's insinuated. Like after he crashes in the in the in the recognizer, he steps into like, like I think I mentioned it before. It's like what only it looks like either the club district or a red light district or or some sort Just of the weirdest, yeah. the best scene in any movie ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, here we go. They're in the club car. <laughs> like he's the best 30 seconds of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just, yeah, weird programs and people dressed strange and there's weird music playing and it sort of looks, I think it, it sort of looks seedy in a way or at least different. So, I mean, hard to tell. It was very, very different than like Zeus's club in, uh, in, in Legacy, which is all seems pretty, yes. pretty, not she she, but definitely like you maybe got to know somebody to be there. Like it's ex- exclusive. Plus, it's way up, oh, yeah. way up in the sky or whatever. Definitely a long queue outside every night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, <laughs> but when we told to uh, to give, so he gives Cutler back his ISO armband, but it made me wonder like. 
if it can come off, could a non-ISO wear an ISO armband? I guess so, right? Could they just slip it on and say, hey, I'm a, I'm an ISO? Not that you'd want to, I since know. they're like, you know, yeah. persecuted and imprisoned and, and hunted down. So I guess maybe. Not a lot of advantages there. But and it also, could be pretty easy to, like, easy disguise, you know, just, just clip on a bracelet and, hey, everybody thinks yeah, I'm Maybe it's just not compatible with different software, so you try and put it on and just fall straight off. That's what I was kind of wondering. Like, would it just go through your arm or would it just break in half or what would what would happen? But I don't know. I th- I th- that was, that was mm. a question that came to mind. Now that Now that we know they're removable at the drop of a hat, like, can anybody wear them? I could think about this world all day. This just oh, yeah. the more I think about it, the more questions I have. That's why I'm just like, please make more cartoons, please make more movies. That the, the the questions are just endless, right? That every episode and every movie, I'm like, oh, but what about? Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, that leads to like it just sort of it just labyrinths out. It just branches out every thought of like, oh, I want to see more. What about this? What about this? What about this? So, I hope they do more. And then, yeah, well, there's apparently going to be a third Tron with uh, Jared Leto. I hope so. Or Leto, however you want to say it. Yeah. And you know what? I know some people don't like him, but oh, he is going to be so much more memorable and weird than Sam Flynn yeah. ever was. Yeah, totally. And I th- <laughs> That's my biggest frustration uh, reviewing Tron Legacy. It's just, I don't want to look at this cardboard man anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, more power to him for snatching the lead in a movie or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah, he's just... He's just like a rando. He doesn't seem. He doesn't have the the charisma of the, uh, of like I don't know. Your dad's Kevin Flynn. God damn! <laughs> right? Like, come on. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think Jared Leto's got an uh, that sort of aquiline, streamlined, slightly inhuman, weird face anyway. So I think yes, you know he's there's people that are beautiful and then they're like almost too beautiful. You know, like Anne Hathaway he or someone. He's a Photoshop man. Yeah, where you're just yes. like you. But you don't know you're you're like a twelve out of ten, and you're getting into like uncanny valley territory where I I don't yes. I don't I'm actually kind of unsettled by your face, you know, like and he's kind of got that I think. So I think if he was on the grid, it would look fine. I think it would look great. So we'll see. And it's not like you he... mentioned it, man. Anne Hathaway really does like have this really like big doll eyes yeah. and the the mouth yeah. and then she's just like, she was designed in a lab yeah her <laughs> lips are full but they're too full her eyes are big but they're too big there's just like a there's just a, a, a slight push over the edge of like okay now we're Photoshop yeah exactly right so i think that he'd be great on the grid and uh well maybe Anne, mm. Anne hathaway would too for that uh, for that matter yeah i would yeah i'm down for this right. <laughs> so i think uh i think it'll be cool but it ends with Cutler promising to spread the word that Tron lives. So that's a that's a big a big through line in the next uh, in this whole season is Tron lives. Tron lives. Word on the street is that Tron lives, and is the renegade Tron. And so that uh, that sort of propels us to the end of this episode and the beginning of the rest of our characters' journey. It's the it, Tron lives is basically the I am Spartacus of this series, I guess. Yeah, for I've sure. I've never actually seen it, but no. that feels like from from what I know. Me neither, actually. I read the book. The book's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I just noticed uh, with the sort of protective gear that Zed and Mara wear, it has knee pads. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, 
yeah there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool cool parts but that brings us to the end of episode three thank you for joining us for this episode of animatronic i've been duncan shields and i have been courtney colson and tune in next time for another episode of animatronic end, end of, of line, line.